podcast number 52, rhythmic level number two. Rhythmic level number two deals with the harmonic rhythm. In other words, the movement of the chords. There are two levels to this. The first level is the surface, and the second is the underlying gestures. The surface rhythm deals with the duration of the chords as they move from one another. Example number one, one chord per measure in 4-4 time. In 4-4 time, two beats each. One beat each. As in a lot of rock songs, eighth notes. So there we have the surface rhythm. But below this, number two, we have the underlying gestures that permeate the entire work or a section, such as the verse, chorus, or bridge, which aids in separating and enhancing that particular section. This we could call a rhythmic motif or rhythmic figure, or even rhythmic hook. One of the most famous of these is in the song Beat It by Michael Jackson. Also, each chord has its own sound color and relationship to the other chords in regards to sound, pull, and momentum. This subliminal flow of color, pull, tension, and calm is very subtle, but it has its own rhythm. The surface and subsurface harmonic rhythms exert a great influence on how the song relates to the listener. For our first example, we will use Perfect by Ed Sheeran. This song is in 12-8 time, which is subdivided into four beats per measure. The chords are held for one measure each. They are A flat, F minor 7, D flat suspended second, and E flat. Let's listen to the surface rhythm first. In the original recording, these are held exactly for four beats by an organ. The subsurface rhythm is played by the guitar with four sets of triplet for each chord. In podcast number 48, I do a complete analysis of this song. This next example is really a truly interesting song, Circles by Post Malone. It's in 4-4 time, and the surface rhythm is one chord for each measure. In other words, four beats each for each of these chords. The first two chords are C major 7th and E minor. 
Let's listen to that now. The subsurface rhythm is a very syncopated rhythmic figure which not only drives the song but comes in and out at various sections. This is a perfect example of a rhythmic hook or motive, also being used as an organizational device, which is important because this song has almost twice as many sections as a regular popular song. Please see podcast number 46 for more on this subject. Let's listen now. For our next example, I'd like to use Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. This song is a masterpiece of modern songwriting construction. The chords are implied by the bass line, not fully realized. The implied surface chord pattern is G minor for four bars, C minor for two, and D7 for two. The bass plays the root G and third, the B flat, ending on the seventh F for the G minor chord. First, let's listen to the G minor chord. Now let's listen to the bass line as it outlines that chord. This rhythmic motivic figure that the bass plays is heard through much of the song. An inner hook, a compositional glue connecting while simultaneously separating certain sections. This song is crafted so well and has so many underlying techniques. If you have a chance, please listen to podcast number 45, An Analysis of Bad Guy. I think it will help you greatly in your songwriting. For our last example, I would like to do Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. As we have just seen with Bad Guy, a bass line outlines the harmony, this time for the verse and pre-chorus, outlining a C-sharp minor chord with the notes C-sharp and E, and then ending with a B, which implies the B chord. When we get to the chorus, that's when we hear the full chords which are C-sharp minor for two beats, F-sharp minor for two beats, B for two beats, E for two beats, A for four beats, and G-sharp for four beats. First, let's listen to the bass line. Next, let's listen to the surface rhythm of the chords. This underlying chordal rhythmic figure, which not only adds a rhythmic hook, but also separates and enhances the entrance of the chorus. Many songwriters write the chorus first and say this is the heart of the song, that everything else leads up to this. In fact, I've heard it said that the first verse introduces the chorus and actually any second and third verse is just there until we come to the chorus again. Of course, songwriters feel differently about many things, but one thing I think most agree on is how important the chorus is. And as we have seen, how important it is for rhythmic figures on top and below the surface make a chorus memorable. Actually, the whole song. 
In summary, we have seen how in these past examples, when writing a song, an invaluable tool is to make this second layer, the harmonic rhythm, memorable through the use of a rhythmic gesture or figure, which becomes a hook, not only for catching the ear of the listener, but in organizing various sections. It is critically important that the first and second layers of rhythm must be true and complete in and of themselves. They must work on their own while simultaneously working together. Think of currents in a stream flowing together, not interfering with each other, but moving as one. Before we move on to the next podcast, the melodic rhythm, I would like to mention I recently heard an interview with Keith Urban in which he related how often he starts with the rhythm to inspire and guide him. So many songwriters and producers have said how this is how they get started. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. Joe.